0: You're listening to Titans of the Trades. I'm your host, Ryan England, author of Hire Better People Faster and creator of the Corfit Hiring System, a proven process to help growing companies attract and retain only the best. I'm on a mission to revolutionize the perception of the trades and elevate it to new heights. After growing up in a blue collar family, my passion for making the trades cool again runs deep. If you're a Titan in the industry and wanna be on my show, stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can be my next guest.
1: The big win that I'm noticing right now is that now everybody's aware of all Mm. of the problems. Everybody knows that there's a labor shortage. Everybody knows that all of these young kids that are graduating right now kind of look at the construction industry like it's this dirty thing and you're a low life and you're never gonna get paid very much money everybody sees that there are more females entering the space and that we need more females entering the space. Everybody's starting to understand when a female is in a space that is a male dominated industry that like they're treated differently. And so I think that right now more people than ever are talking about all of these issues. And that's a really, really huge
0: win for all of us. This is the Talent Tackle Box, and I am your host, Ryan England. Today's guest actually has a platform to help people train future technicians. Electrician U is a platform that is available on all social media platforms, and our guests will be able to share more information about that. But they are working to put together real life training programs so that you don't have to spend time on the book work and the knowledge work. You can focus on helping technicians succeed in the field. I'm super excited to hear from Dustin Seltzer. He's the owner and founder of Electrician U and they are doing some amazing things, getting a lot of people interested in the trades again and making the trades cool. Welcome to today's show, Dustin Seltzer with Electrician U. Dustin, welcome to the show. What's going on, my friend? Most people don't know this, but this is round two for us. Um, (laughs) We had a failed attempt a while ago. (laughs) We had some tech difficulties the first time around. So I'm excited that we don't have those today. We're in here recording this episode. I'm so excited to be able to share your knowledge and wisdom with our listeners. What's the big thing that you see in your work at Electrician U that is holding most people back as being an electrician or just in the trades in general? Well, I think that we, I mean, if you want to look at this from like a a psychological standpoint,
1: I think the thing that holds a lot of people back is a a lack of belief in themselves. Mm. So a lot of people kind of, they look to what other people think about them. It might be their mom, brother, sister. They feel like they have to be something for somebody else. And I find that most of the time, once you've overcome that thing where you really care about what other people think, it frees you up to find passion, to find joy, to find like your thing. And I think that if I could ever tell people one thing that are young, it's believe in yourself and and like follow what you want to do and do what you want to do in life. And don't be so hard on
0: yourself. Everybody fails. Like we, mm. we need to fail to, to learn to succeed. I know that a passion for you are um, kids coming up, figuring out what they want to do with their lives, giving them the training, giving them the resources to know that you can make really good money—not just have a great career, but make really good money as an electrician. And then, if you really get into it, you can even start your own company and bring in other electricians and and grow into being ha- having a very successful business. How many people do you think are are struggling with that? That maybe have a few employees already and they still struggle with that belief. Is that pretty common?
1: Oh, yeah. I think if you really looked at like the most successful people out there, there's still always a bit of doubt, right? There's mm. the this whole thing called imposter syndrome. It's something I even go through. To get to a point of success, you're always going to have self-doubt. And then you're going to have people that are actually outwardly doubting you. If you stop worrying about what other people have to say about what you're doing and just know that what you're doing is making you happy. It's that first initial step, right? I think there's a lot of people that are kind of in this holding pattern because they're afraid to make a move. They're afraid to like make a life Mm -hmm. change or a decision because they're afraid of falling on their butt. But that thing on the other side of the door is always a new journey that's going to take you to profound places. So you just got to make that first
0: step what does that first step look like like how do we, how do we get over this this lack of belief in ourselves or even getting bombarded by the non believers in our lives like how do we move past that and start actually building a successful business For me, what I noticed was a big change in my life was I stopped listening to the
1: same kind of things that I was listening to and I started getting new influences. So Mm -hmm. I realized that my mind and everybody's mind is a crazy place. We're just all day long chewing thought, saying words to ourselves, and we don't even realize half the things that are going on in there. And I think the biggest differentiator between where I've been feeling doubt and lack and worry and anxiety in general to just feeling good every day was putting new stuff in there. So starting to read books, even if you're not somebody that's a reader, start reading because you're just putting new words in your head, change the music you're listening to. I know a lot of people like love their music, but if the music and the news and the the, the TikTok, like if you just keep getting the same algorithm in your head every single day of negativity, you're telling yourself the same things every day. You're going to just keep perpetuating it and being in the same place in the future. So I think changing your influences, having some people to look up to, having some new friend groups that are kind of positive, going the same direction. Maybe they're running businesses so you can piggyback off things, but
0: you really got to change your behavior to see lasting change happen in your life and in your business. Besides following Electrician you on pretty much every social media platform, every, every content platform out there, which I'm guessing you get some great influence from that. What other things have you seen work? Uh, maybe some books, maybe some people to follow who have been real big influences in your life? You know, I've had former bosses
1: actually probably be the most profound relationship mentor to mentor as a business owner mm-hmm. Because they've kind of seen you on your come up, they've seen what you're going through, where you're going, they understand you and know you. There's some people that I've relied on to just give me advice on certain things, but there's also again, new influences. I go look for people like Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, you know, like these really motivational people, because not only are they just positive motivational going in the right direction, but they're also doing business things and they're thinking modern thought about company culture and how to respect people. And so it's just very all around for business and for life and for money and everything. I find it's a really good place to have a headspace so I think just mentorship in general, and that can take any form. It doesn't have to be like a paid mentor or it doesn't have to be sure. an old boss. Um, but yeah. Just somebody to kind of look up to and, and help you along the way. We all need that.
0: I love that. What you said that you've had some really good bosses in your, in your life that have influenced you, that have mentored you, that have coached you. For those people listening right now that are thinking, you know what? I want people to say that about me later. I want to be the mentor or that influence in their life. What are some tips or what are some recommendations you have for people that want to be that mentor, to be that influencer, to be able to take one of their technicians under their wing and really coach them and guide them and help them? What are some things that worked for you and what's some advice you'd have for them? I would say you need to learn how to be
1: comfortable with failure Mm. and you need to fail often before you're really going to be ready to be in a position to be mentoring other people. When you mentor somebody, they're coming to you with a very specific problem. And without a plethora of experience of a lot of different problems that you have had to figure out yourself how to get through, you're not going to have much depth in what you're able to give them for advice. So if they come up to you with seven different problems at seven different times, like you have to at least have gone through something to understand and to be able to give advice to them. So I think a lot of uh, younger people nowadays, especially, they don't want to have to put the work in to be a pro skateboarder. They just want to be a pro skateboarder today, you know, and it's like, you know, you have to bang on your craft for years and you have to fail a lot. And the one thing that I try to communicate the most often to people is you're never going to be successful until you've failed a thousand times Mm. for every one success you have, you
0: need a thousand failures or you're not trying hard enough. That's that light bulb quote, right? Yeah. (laughs) I found 10,000 ways to not create a light bulb um, failing over and over and over again. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And I hear a lot of people talk about the, the current generation that's coming into the workforce and how they just want to be a pro skateboarder overnight. I remember when I was in high school. I'm Gen X. When I was in high school, I'm sure the, the generation at the time that was leading companies was like, what's with these Gen Xers? Man, they're just so lazy and entitled. Because I remember wanting to learn how to play the piano overnight. Like I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to do I just wanted to know how to play it overnight. I just wanted to know how to be really successful in business overnight. I think that's something that just comes with maturity. Like we let go of that, that immediate gratification. Although w- when we moved across country, my wife asked, we had a conversation about whether or not Two day prime delivery was available. So I don't think the been- <laughs> instant thing is getting any easier. Yeah. Well, um, I mean,
1: look at our culture, though. Like our culture kind yeah. of teaches that and it gets us used to certain expectations now. Now, you know, like back in the day, we had AOL Messenger, right? Remember, you remember having off. to sit there, like waiting to get online. And now, yeah. if my phone drops service, I'm like pissed about it. It's like, yeah. man, have, have a little bit of patience.
0: Remember where we came from. I remember if I wanted to learn something new, I had to go to the library and check out a book. <laughs> yeah. There weren't Barnes and Nobles bookstores either everywhere. Like you had yeah, to go to the library. I just, I just Google it or, or I ask my personal assistant, you know, my AI assistant and the information is right there at my fingertips. So it's definitely a different time right now. What are some things that you're seeing that's really changing the industry right now. I mean, you're, you're super involved in educating and training the next generation of electricians. I love that. I do want to hear a little bit more about what's going on at Electrician U and, and what the next steps are, but thinking more holistically, just looking at the entire industry, what do you see happening in trades in general, or maybe just electricians, but what do you see happening? What do you see the future for us if we keep on this path? And what are some things you think we need to do to be ready for a labor shortage that's probably even getting worse day by day?
1: yeah the labor shortage is one problem we could talk about. There's probably that question you just asked me I went like seventeen places in my mind <laughs> but uh you know there's a lot of things that are lacking, and I think overall, the big thing, the big win that I'm noticing right now is that now everybody's aware of all mm. of the problems. There are some weird little th- problems that I didn't even know about because of my influence in my area and who I'm around, so I'm learning things on a rapid basis for things I just never knew were problems. Everybody knows that there's a labor shortage. Everybody knows that all of these young kids that are graduating right now kind of look at the construction industry like it's this dirty thing and you're a low life and you're never going to get paid very much money. Everybody sees that there are more females entering the space and that we need more females entering the space. Everybody's starting to understand when a female is in a space that is a male dominated industry that like they're treated differently. And so I think that right now, more people than ever are talking about all of these issues. And that's
0: a really, really huge win for all of us. Yeah. There's just more awareness to it. You know, I'd mentioned earlier that I want to make the trades cool again and very involved with NAWIC. If you've heard of them, the National Association of Women in Construction, talked to NCCER about some just different things in the construction space, how we bring more women in and That is something we definitely need to talk about more. Like there's awareness, but we definitely need to talk about how we get more women excited and make them comfortable too. Make sure that they don't come in and have to deal with the stereotype of what it means to be a woman in construction or woman in the trades. What do you see working right now for people when it comes to getting in the trades? You know, being an electrician isn't something I just wake up and say, I want to be an electrician tomorrow and, and I'm good. Like you said, there's schools out there. I know that there's some companies that are doing like virtual reality stuff now. Uh, What's the future of that look like? How do we train these people now that there's more awareness? Well, it does seem like the online education is starting to be
1: a bigger thing. There's entire, you know, entire states that govern the learning for electricians, like uh, the state of Utah. To be an electrician, it's mandated by the state that you have to go to a university and actually do a four-year program while you're apprenticing out in the field. You cannot become an electrician until that's the case. But there's other places where rules similar to that exist, but you don't actually have to go to a building. They have a whole bunch of online learning. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't want electricians like learning online. What are they going to learn? They need to learn putting their hands on it. It's like, well, yeah, that's what the job, that's what their day job is. Is supposed to teach them is all of these skills, but going to school is the extra knowledge. And I think there's a lot of things that can be taught online. The VR space is real weird. Nobody's really doing it right. There's a lot of things people are doing right, but it's just the direction of it and the adoption and where youth are with believing in VR as, as like a a platform to begin with. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't see that being rapidly adopted. I think the biggest successor or the biggest thing that is a marker for success in people coming into the trades and growing is promoting it when they're young, either they have a dad or grandpa or uncles or something and they see them and they kind of see what their path to success has a potential to look like, or just like more, more general awareness to high schools. Like we don't have trades in high schools anymore. And that's something I would love to see changed. And then the last part of that is I, I also think that who we work with every day has a dramatic impact of whether or not we complete and we keep going to get that license. And it seems like when you have a company that really cares about its employees and cares about culture and wants to build them up, kids love working for that company. But -hmm. if you have something where you're working with a jerk all day, every day, nobody wants to do that. And so it just depends on where you land when you get in.
0: Now, I think there's so many things to unpack in what you just said. As you were talking, I was thinking about You said the dads and the grandpas and the uncles and all of that. I do think that we almost skipped the middle group, the people that are most influential for these kids, like getting in front of the kids is one thing, but getting their parents bought into the fact that their kids don't have to go to school, spending time with those parents and, and getting them to say, hell yeah, my kid's going to be an electrician and be proud of it again. (laughs) Right, Right now there's this stigma with the trades that says, no, that's stinky, it's dirty, it's, it's a dead-end career, you're not going anywhere, like there's this stigma that I do think we're working to overcome, but you still have the parents saying, nope, college is a better option for my kid. College is a better option for what I want my kid to do. And then there's the other side of it too that you just mentioned, which is the culture side. When dad comes home and he's a, a master electrician, he comes home every day and he's pissed off and he's upset and he's frustrated because he got treated like garbage because the company he works for doesn't invest in culture and doesn't spend time on that. You know what? Maybe I don't want this for my kid. I don't want this life for my kid. I want something better for them. And I think that that's something too, that we need to recognize that it's not just a silver bullet. There's not just one way to solve this problem, getting people excited about the trades. It really is going to take everyone working all these different angles to make it happen.
1: I think that's a really good point. I think that how we view what the perception of tradespeople are right now, if we can just have different stories to look up to different people to look up to more influencers to kind of make, make this whole thing look really cool. I think it'll solve a lot of problems. And so with electrician, you was never really about like having influence, but I realized there was a need for education. There was a need for video content Now, after doing this for seven years, we have a whole bunch of content out there. There's a whole bunch more influencers, you know, people that are recording themselves working every day and showing what it actually means and what it looks like and what skin colors and what genders and all of these different things that make electricians. And I
0: think it's building more opportunity for people. So it's just making people excited. Oh that's that's awesome. So electrician you you are working to develop a a full training program correct? I uh, take yeah. from brand new scared to death of electricity, you know, does doesn't like to mess with it at all to being a full-fledged journeyman electrician is that correct? Yeah. My goal is really to take people from that
1: first moment where they think they might want to be an electrician all the way through Getting their journeyman license, getting their master license, starting up a company, maybe wanting to be an instructor one day, being a superintendent for a company, bidding, like I want to be able to take them along their journey through their entire
0: career. I think you'd even told me that you were planning or working on partnering with some companies or even some schools to get them that hands-on training because I I know you had mentioned that is something that... Uh, you just even mentioned it not too long ago where you just said, where do they get the hands-on training? Well, that's the on the job. That's the partnering with the companies and that kind of stuff. So, so you're really in all the angles to get them trained faster so that we can get more people in the trades. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think in whatever way we can help this problem, we need to open it up to all of it. And every state looks a little bit different. So some states, you know, have different license types and more sure. stringent rules and things like that. There's a couple of things that I think might help. Like, you know, it takes four years to become a journeyman, but I think if states adopted a lesser license that was maybe a two year license, they could at least get people pushed through a program faster, make a little bit more money, get them leading jobs. If we try to modernize and look at things and look at the way things have been running for, you know, 40 years (laughs) and just look at today, what do we actually need? And, And we have a little bit of flexibility and understanding. I think we can fix a lot of these problems.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, It was just on a panel last week, and we were talking about the fact that some plumbing companies have actually realize that to solve this problem, what they need to do is just have what they call like the drains training program. So all they're doing is teaching drains. And then these kids come out and they get to work drains for a while. And while they're working drains, which supports the company, they're able to come in and start learning other parts of the trade. And it's almost like this built-in apprenticeship program that they get to learn, but they get the kids up and producing really fast because that's one of the biggest challenges I hear. So I don't have two years to wait for somebody. I need to help, get help sooner. And I know some, some electrical contractors that have done more of what they you know call the second seater program, where they take somebody with no skills and they put them with a seasoned guy, send them out on service calls and those kinds of things. But I also see a lot of problems with that. So I love that you are doing the, the book knowledge, the, the education, the schoolwork, that kind of stuff and helping support them so that they don't have to worry about everything and making sure they're training everything. They can work on just the hands-on stuff while you're teaching them that that book knowledge about the trade and and helping them grow people faster so that we can hopefully overcome this labor shortage that we have that's only getting worse as we go. Yeah. Hopefully. So what's the next step for electrician you? I know you've got a lot of training out there. You got a lot of followers. You do a lot on TikTok and YouTube. Little things. I love some of your short videos that just give us, oh, there's that one thing we needed to learn. What's electrician you working on right now? That's a good question. We're working on like fifteen thousand things at one time. <laughs> <laughs> you and every other entrepreneur, right? I
1: know, right? It's a bandwidth problem. And no, the, the biggest thing that I've been working on that I haven't really publicly announced yet is a textbook. So a oh. modern textbook for electricians that's not just some code. It's not just safety. It's like everything in electrician hood from electricity to safety to motors to controls to like, you know, everything that that is dealt with out in the field and building an actual four-year curriculum that a lot of schools can use as the basis for how they teach and what they teach. I have a lot of friends and and people that we work with in different trade organizations, different colleges, vocational schools, high schools, and we're realizing that like the real problem that all of them have is they're not it's not master electricians that are in there teaching this stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, like people that are substitute teachers or that were a, a mechanic you know, a handyman or something at a certain point that are just volunteering to be a, a school teacher or people that, you know, care about education. Maybe they had four years in the trade, but that's really not enough for mastery, but they want to teach. So there are, there's even places where there's like second year apprentices teaching first year apprentices in some of these classes. And while that's okay, I think we need a, minimum viable basis for what to be teaching all of these people. And I think that will elevate the standards of the people that are going through these programs and it'll allow them to be a lot more better prepared once they get out in the field.
0: Knowing what I know about you, you are all about the practical application of what people are learning. You're not just teaching them textbook stuff because somebody taught that 40 years ago. It's like, no, this is the real world stuff that you're going to be teaching. So I love that you, that you're working on with the schools, working with the trade associations to help this. Dustin, this has been great. How do people learn about you? How do they get to consume your content, learn more about Electrician U and how you can help them train the next generation of electricians?
1: Really any of the social media platforms that you consume content on, YouTube, TikTok, anything, if you just type in Electrician you, you'll find us. We're kind of everywhere and we're constantly seeking new platforms to be on. There's a new app called Trade Hounds. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they're kind of on their come up. We met them at Nika a couple of years back and it's just tradespeople. It's just like social media for tradespeople and they've gotten an investment recently. So they're actually trying to like ask the community and figure out what are some new features and things that you want in the app. So it's just very early on, but there's a few hundred thousand different tradespeople in there, but we're always looking like Elon's doing something with X. Nobody knows what's happening with X, but I got my eye on it because
0: if there are electricians there, I want to be serving them and giving them content. Dustin, thank you so much for being on here. I'm so excited that we actually got to record this. It's been great to get to know you and see what you're doing over there at Electrician U. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ryan England here. Thank you so much for listening to Titans of the Trades. If you're a titan in the construction, manufacturing, or skilled trades industry and would like to be a guest on my show, please visit podcast.corematters.com. If you found value in this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and share it with a friend or post it on social. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag titans of the trades. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, click the subscribe button. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and get me one step closer to solving the labor crisis facing the industry. Wanna know more about how we're doing that? Go to our website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.